If you don't have your Bible, you could look on with the person next to you. If they don't have a Bible, then you're in the wrong row. I've entitled my message, A Warning and a Promise. A warning and a promise. Turn to the person next to you, say, the pastor has a warning. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, scratch that. The word of God has a warning. The word of God also has a promise. And we're going to see that in this passage of scripture this morning. There is a sobering warning and reality that all of us have to take heed to. But there's also an encouraging promise. And I like to look at both this morning. Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 to 9. The word of God reads, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. He who sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. I believe that's a great encouragement to the people of God this morning. For those of you that have prayed and believed, we all go through seasons where we wonder where is the blessing? Where is the manifestation of God's promise? Where is the fulfillment of his word in our life? We all go through that. I go through that. You go through that. You might look at someone and think, well, they don't, they're not going through that. They, don't seem, they seem to have it all together. No, you're, you don't understand that all of us are challenged with that waiting period, with that time where we just have to continue and be encouraged by the word of God and know that we will reap. We will receive what God has if we don't faint, if we don't give up, if we don't give in. Can you say amen? amen. So in this passage of scripture, there is a warning and there is a promise. It's critical as preachers and teachers, as leaders, as Christians, um, that we don't only share the encouraging parts of the word of God, but we also uh, share the warnings, the rebukes, the hard messages. Now, I know you didn't bargain for that this morning. Uh, usually, we like to hear all the good things, but how many of you know you need your broccoli, you need your, you need your asparagus, not just a cupcake with some frosting on top? Amen? Amen? Amen. And so, you know, it's important, and, and Paul the Apostle as, as a man of God, as a, a, a great leader and a preacher of the word of God, he said in Acts chapter 20, he said to a group of people, uh, leaders, uh, that he had been with and he had ministered the word and he had, she says to them, I did not shun to declare to you the whole counsel of God. The whole council. In other words, he said, I didn't just preach to you good, positive, encouraging messages. I preached some of the hard sayings. I preached some of the things that were, were a little difficult to receive. I, I, I shared with you the rebukes. And see, we need all of that. We need the whole counsel. So what Paul was saying, I, I preached all of God's word, not just selective passages that tickled people's ears, that made people feel good, but, but I stepped on some people's toes. 
Uh, I challenge them. And so we have to understand that, that the word of God has both in the scriptures. So as we look at this passage of scripture this morning, we need to understand that it is set in the context of an agricultural society. Paul, like Jesus, like other biblical uh, authors, would use illustrations from the first century Middle Eastern people. So this illustration is from farming. Has anybody ever planted a garden? Raise your hand. Anybody have a green thumb? Some, some hands went down. But this passage of scripture is a principle that is being applied from the natural realm to the spiritual realm. And it's the principle of sowing and reaping. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. That is a truth. That is a principle. That is a fixed law. It's like the law of gravity. I don't care if you're the greatest Christian. I don't care if you're the worst sinner. If you go up on a 20-story building and, and you fall off of it, you are going to go down splat just like a sinner, just like anybody and everybody. That's the law of gravity. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what country you, you live in. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, educated or not. You will go down. That's the law of gravity. We're talking about the law of farming, the law of sowing and reaping. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. Personally, for many years, I planted a garden. I planted tomatoes, zucchini, cucumbers, and peppers. After three or four months, you know what I harvested? Tomatoes, zucchini, cucumbers, and peppers. What I planted, I reaped. If I sowed a cucumber, I did not reap an eggplant. Does that make sense? That's pretty simple, right? Why? Because what you sow, you reap. It's with trees, it's with plants, it's with flowers. Whatever you plant will come up in the harvest. So as we look at this, we have to understand something. There's a principle in the natural. But how many of you know the spiritual came before the natural? Right? The Bible says that before anything was created... There was God and there was a spiritual realm. And what is seen, what we see, is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. So that means that the spiritual came before us and the spiritual will be there after us. It is in that realm that we want to look at the spiritual realm. In, in, the, in the principle of sowing and reaping is immutable. It is a fixed law. So let's look at the warning. How many of you are ready for the warning? Three of you, okay. Um, we'll, get, we'll get through this quick and we'll get to the promise, all right? The warning, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. That word to mock means to snare at, to turn up the nose to, to treat with contempt. To mock someone is to laugh at in a scornful or a contemptuous way. The Bible tells us, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You see, another translation says, God is not to be trifled with. 
God is not to be scoffed at. Isn't that what our culture does today? Isn't that so blatant? Isn't that so widespread? Whether you watch TV or your articles posted on, you see posted on social media, haven't you heard many of your co-workers talk about God in a way that is mocking God? They laugh at him, they scorn his, his word, they treat him contemptuously. It's like Pharaoh in the book of Exodus when Moses came and said, the Lord God has appeared to us and you need to let his people go. You know what Moses said? Who is the Lord that I should obey him? Think of the audacity. Think of, uh, of a mere mortal mocking God saying, who is the Lord that I should obey him? It is the same spirit that was around the cross of Jesus. The religious leaders mocked Jesus and they said, if he is the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross. How about those in the last days? The Bible says there will be mockers who will come following their own ungodly lusts. But the word of God is clear. Do not be deceived. Don't be deluded. God is not to be treated with contempt. Whatever a man sows, he is going to reap. It's a warning. A story is told about a little boy who had a special secret place to hide and be all alone. On the back of their property was an old fruit tree. It had lots of leaves, but it had produced no fruit in years. High up in its branches, hidden from view, by the leaves, there was a perfect spot for the little boy to pretend to be Tarzan of the jungle or a commander of a spaceship or anyone a little boy could ever dream of. It was also a place to hide when he felt mistreated or misunderstood. So you could imagine how he felt when he heard his father telling his mother, I think I'll cut that old tree, old fruit tree down. It hasn't borne any fruit in years. What, would the, what could the little boy do? Suddenly, a wonderful idea came to mind. There were some apple trees in a nearby field. That evening, while his parents were busy, he and his best friend got a whole basket full and tied them to the stems of almost every limb of the old tree. The next morning, his father went out to cut the tree down but came back with a twinkle in his eye and he said to his wife, you're not going to believe this, but a miracle took place last night. That old fruit tree is full of apples. That's amazing, replied his wife. Yes, the father answered. And it's even do a double miracle because that's not an apple tree, it's a pear tree. It is cute. But isn't it what we do? We think we can sow certain seeds and reap something differently. We think we can sow to the wind and not reap the whirlwind. But the scriptures are clear. So what is the warning for you and I? And, and we all need this. As long as we're in the flesh, as long as we're still on this earth, we might be spiritual, we, mean, we might be born again, but we're always dealing with a sinful nature. We're always battling the old ways. Paul said, I have a struggle that's going on. 
The flesh is lusting against the spirit. The spirit is against lusting against the flesh. There's a battle going on. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's a battle going on. There is a struggle that we all deal with. And if you're so spiritual and don't think that's the truth, the devil is setting you up for a fall. It's to be sober. It's to be wise. So the warning is, be careful what you sow. If you sow to the flesh, the Bible says of the flesh, you will reap corruption. Now what does that mean? Sowing to the flesh means that you satisfy the cravings of your sinful nature. You do those things that are contrary to the word of God. There is pleasure in sin, the Bible says, but it's for a season. <coughs> Excuse me, and you have to deal with the consequences, but the Bible says if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. That means ruin, deterioration, and loss. The one who continues in sin will corrupt his soul lose his soul, deteriorate, or see a deterioration of his soul. We have to be aware of that today. We have to understand that the way we live, the seeds we sow, we will reap in our life. Sin will have its consequences. Disobedience will have its consequences. You cannot avoid it. It's a fixed law. What you sow, you will reap. Back in the 1800s, an architect uh, of prisons in upstate New York committed a crime. He was sentenced to serve a short time in prison. While he was incarcerated, he looked around him and realized he was locked up inside of a cell of his own making. A double metaphor, double meaning there. And a lot of times we are locked up in a cell of our own making. The consequences of sowing to the flesh is that you reap its own bad fruit. You become trapped in a cell of your own making. St. Augustine said, sin becomes its own punishment. How many of you are still with me? All right, are you ready to go on to the promise? Let's look at the promise. Verse 8. He be, second part of it, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. He who sows to the Spirit, he who makes his spiritual or she who makes their spiritual life a priority and sows into the spiritual part of their life will reap everlasting life. The promise of God. And then it follows up with this. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. That is a promise from God. There's no good deed you've ever done. There's no good seed you ever sown. There's no prayer you ever prayed, sacrifice you ever made, good word you've ever given. That will not yield a good reward. You will reap if you faint not. Can you say amen? To sow to the Spirit is means that we live by the Spirit and sow good seeds. What are some good seeds? Galatians 5 tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, self-control. These are the seeds that we can sow. Can someone say amen? amen? It's a promise, a word of encouragement to those who have been sowing to the Spirit. 
Even those who have sowed to the Spirit and not seen it, the Word promises us your harvest is coming. Your harvest is coming. Now let me just interject this. What happens if you are a new believer or you have finally um, begun to put to practice God's word and you've, you, you, you've just begun to sow good seeds? What happens with all the bad seeds you've sown? Okay, now if a sower has a bag and he's sowing seed, right, you're walking in one direction. You're going in this direction, right? Now, if you repent, what does repentance mean? It means to turn around. It means that you go in a different direction. So when the Bible says repent of your sins, it means you turn away from them and you begin to walk towards holiness, righteousness, truth, and the word of God. So if you are sowing seeds and you turn around, what are you going to see? If you've been walking along and sowing seeds and you turn around now, you're going to see the consequences. You're going to see a bad harvest. Now, that might sound very discouraging for some of you this morning, but here's the good news. When you repent and when you turn around and begin to sow good seeds, you might have a season of reaping some negative fruit. Now, you don't like that, do you? So, so where do we go from there? We've got to be honest. We've got to be honest this morning. Do not be deceived. The Bible says, do not be deluded. You've got to admit, I've sowed some bad seeds. You can't confess them away. You can't deny them away. You can't just go on as if nothing happened. No, there are consequences. What you've sowed, you've got to reap. But see, here's where the good news of the gospel comes in. You know, this Bible or the gospel of Jesus Christ is known as the gospel. That means good news. The good news is that God's mercy and grace endures forever. It means that when you truly repent, yes, there will be consequences, but God can minimize that fruit. God can rebuke that fruit. God can change that, and you might have to go through a season, but you know what? God will give you grace to go through it. How many are still with me this morning? There is hope. The gospel is a message of hope. The Bible is a message of hope. What does the word say? If you repent, if you turn around, if you ask God for forgiveness, if you begin to sow good seeds. This is what God said through Hosea. How many of you know the word of God is relevant? How many of you know scripture interprets scripture? It all comes together. Hosea, Old Testament prophet, he said this to the people, sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up the fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rain righteousness on you and you receive a new harvest. What was God saying to Hosea? He was saying it to a people who have sowed bad seed. He said, you need to break off that way. You need to begin to sow good seed. And you can reap because of God's mercy. Break up the fallow ground. You know what that is? That's ground that has not been cultivated. Ground that has lain dormant for years. You have to cultivate it. You have to break it up. Sometimes there's some work that needs to be expended. Come on, listen to me. If you've been living a certain way for 10 or 20 years, right? You've been feeding your flesh. You've been sowing to the flesh. If you are born again, just because you come to church for one month, don't think everything's going to change in one month. 
I'm just trying to help you this morning. I know some preachers would give you a false bill of goods and say, give your life to Jesus, shout hallelujah five times, spin around, jump up and down, and everything's going to be all right. That's not the way it works. I've had people who have lived a certain way in their marriage. Their marriage, they have sowed a lot of bad seed. There's been a lot of dysfunction, a lot of disrespect, a lot of uh, a lack of trust, and, and it's been for years. They come to Christ, that's awesome, that's the first step. But then they come in my office and they want a one-hour counseling session to change it all, 20 years of collective bad seeds, a collective harvest. It doesn't work that way. You have to break up the fallow ground. You have to sow seeds. And you know what? Seeds don't germinate in a day or bring forth fruit in a week. Oh, pastor, I've tried. You know, I've been an alcoholic. I've been a drug addict. I've been clean for two weeks and my wife doesn't trust me. Hello? You've given her 20 years of distrust. Come on, turn to the person next to you. The pastor's just trying to help everyone this morning. You've been a gambler. Now turn to the person next to you and say, no, the pastor didn't tell him about you. <laughs> just last week, I had a couple people that said, I heard, came, came to me that the pastor just hit on everything I was going through. That's the power of the word of God. That's the relevancy of scripture. So you have to understand that, that there is a process it's safe to say that we all want the reaping of a good thing, but there's a process. In the natural, you've got to water, you've got to cultivate, fertilize. You know what that's called? That's called the process. We don't like the process. But the, that's why the Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing. Do not get weary. Don't give up. Don't give in to evil. Don't throw in the towel, one translation says, before your harvest comes. You might be so close to a harvest. You might be so close. That's why the devil works overtime and he hits the panic button because he knows the seasons better than we do. So, so quickly, let me bring this to a close. Sowing good seed. Three things I want to tell you. Number one, sow faithfully. Sow faithfully. That means constantly. Even when you don't see the results even when you don't see the harvest, because according to God's word, you will reap. You will reap. That's God's word. It's a promise from God. God made a covenant with mankind all the way back to the book of Genesis, Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. Hallelujah. It shall not cease. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, they shall not cease. It will come to pass. You will reap if you faint not. God, give us the grace. God, give us the strength not to give in to evil, not to give up, to keep on sowing good seed, to be waiting and trusting you for the harvest. God is your provider. Man is not your provider. God will provide. The waiting is tough. When my kids were young, they came home from Sunday school uh, with, with seeds that they were given in their Sunday school class as an illustration of God's creation. 
how God causes things to grow. So, so they had these seeds in this little cup with some soil. So we came home, and they sat at the table, and they wanted to watch it grow. I told them, I said, it's going to take a little bit longer. So they said, okay, we'll go outside and play, and then we'll come back in. Aren't we just like them? We sow some good seeds, and then we're ready to see the harvest. We come to church, we begin to tithe, we begin to get involved in ministry, and, and after a month, we say, God, where's the blessing? God, where's the recompense? God, where's the reward? That's why the Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. You see, in your life, it might be difficult. You might be new to the faith. You might have lived one way in your marriage for many years, maybe live one way in your finances, maybe in your moral life, maybe in your relationship. Now you're planting new seeds. But it doesn't happen overnight. We live in a microwavable society. We want it in 45 seconds. Actually, we live in an internet world. We want info at the blink of an eye. Entertainment is constant. We want it instant and constant. Sorry, God doesn't work that way. If you want to do business with God, you've got to learn patience. You've got to learn patience. But if you sow faithfully, you will reap if you don't give up. There was a time in Bible college, um, I think it was my freshman year, and they were moving the bookstore. They had a bookstore on campus. Um, now, now, this might not be relevant to some people, younger generation, because we don't have the same uh, affinity or love for books because of, you know, our phone and we have digital research and all of that. But back in the day, books for a Bible student or a lover of books was big. I mean, it was, you know, it was a hammer and a saw for a carpenter, right? So the bookstore was having this sale. And I remember going in the bookstore, and I got some inside info that the sale was going to go on. So I rushed there, and to my chagrin, there were already people there that, you know, you think you've got inside info. Everybody's got that. Everybody knows. Don't ever think when you tell somebody, just keep this. You've got to be careful. But anyway, that's another sermon. So I went in there, and I had, I don't know how much I had, maybe like $30, $40. And that's big money back, you know, before the flood. I'm talking about the flood in Cranston, not. And I remember standing there, and, I, and, and, and you know, people are there, and I, I want to buy these books. And, and, you know, you start to get a little covetousness. You know, it's like when you go shopping, and there's a big sale, and somebody's in your way, and you're like, would you get out of here? You know, you want first dibs. You want to grab what you want. And, and, and so I felt this, and here I am, a Bible school student, you know, wanting to serve God, and I'm, I'm getting covetous, you know, greedy. And so I bought these books, and, and I spent all the money. And again, when I say $30, $40, it was a lot of money, and it was all I had, basically, right? So I remember that it was a Monday. And we had a prayer meeting on Monday night at the Bible College. And I went to the prayer meeting, and I couldn't pray. Sometimes when you're under conviction, you can't really pray. Hello? 
So I'm trying to pray, but I feel this conviction that God is saying, I want you to give these books away. Now, it's like, you know, it's like, let me relate it to first this century. <laughs> it's like, you know, you just bought a new iPhone and God's saying, I want you to give it to somebody. That's what it felt like to me. And I'm trying to pray and I'm saying, oh, that's not the Lord, that's the devil. First of all, the devil ain't going to encourage you to do anything good. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to pray. I had to leave the prayer meeting. I had to leave the prayer meeting because I couldn't pray. But the Lord laid on my heart three or four people to go give the books to. Just gave me names. Just gave me names. I want you to bring this to this one. This. So I took the books, gave them away, came back, had an awesome time of prayer. But I was sowing seed. I didn't fully know it back then. But do you know, in my life, in my ministry over the years, I have had three major libraries given to me. And I truly believe it was because of the seed that I sowed. I had one guy who was a retired minister who did clergy taxes. And this one year I got his newsletter and he said he's given away all his library. And uh, he said, when you come to do your taxes, whoever. So right away I saw that. I made a call. I said, I'm coming. Can I get an early appointment? <laughs> so I remember going and he had boxes. He had Spurgeon. He had A.W. Tozer. He had commentaries and books. And I remember he had all these boxes. And he said, take what you want. And so I, I remember the lesson. So I tried not to get covetous. So I just took a couple boxes. So I went back in. He said, take more. I said, no. And I was just trying to be very humble. No, no. Leave it for other ministers. He said, no, I want to get rid of him. I said, okay. And I, <laughs> and I just went in there. And I mean, I walked out with, I don't know if it was like eight or ten crates of boxes of books. That was one. I had another minute and another person over my ministry. And I believe what a man sows, I sowed books. And I reaped a lot of books. I think it was Charles Stanley says, you sow what you reap, and you reap later than you sow, and you reap more than you sow. If you sow, a, a, a head of corn has 700 seeds in it, or a stalk of corn. Think of it, the multiplication. Think of when you sow seed, what God does. So sow, what was that, faithfully? Number two, sow tearfully. Sow tearfully. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. What is the psalmist saying? He says, sow in tears. What does it mean to sow in tears? What does it mean? It means... When you're hurting, when you're broken, when you're struggling, you once again sow in faith, even if it's with tears. It means you're hurting. It means you're struggling. It means you have a need. But by faith, you sow your seed and you have tears coming down your face. You have a tear in an eye. 
You have a, a lump in your throat, but you got a song in your heart. You're going forth. You're bearing precious seed for sowing. You're believing God, even though it hurts, even though I'm struggling, even though I have a need. I believe God is faithful, and if I sow in tears, I will reap in joy. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. My wife and I know of a woman whose son is away from God. He was brought up in the church, but he got off track, and it's such a heartache to her. But you know what she's constantly doing? She's looking to be thoughtful. Come on, somebody say be thoughtful. And prayerful for others' children who are away from God. What is she doing? In her brokenness, in her tears, she has a child away from God, but she still sows into other people's children and blesses them and thinks about them. And that's a miracle because because of our human nature, we get so self-focused. All we think about is me and mine, my two children, us four, no more. Sow in tears, believing that she's going to reap a harvest of her own. It's one who's struggling with their health but they're still fervently praying for others who are sick. It is one who's struggling in their finances, but they're fervently praying and blessing others who are in financial need. It's sowing in tears. It's sowing when it hurts. Anybody can sow in fear good weather. But the Bible says those who sow in tears. Hallelujah. Somebody this morning, you are, you're brokenhearted. You're doing your best. You're, you're, you're trying to sow good seed and you're hurting. You know what? God is going to turn that thing around in your life. Come on, God is going to bring in joy. God is going to bring in a harvest in your life because his word declares it and it shall be even as it was spoken unto us. And, and the third point on the sowing a promise is so expectantly, so expectantly, in your time of need, you sow with an expectation, God will meet my need. You know, and in, in, in when you have seed, there are three things you can do with seed. You could eat it, you could store it, or you can sow it. And we do need to eat. We do need to save, but we need to sow. I think it was John Wesley, the great Wesleyan founder of the Wesleyan movement, he said, he said, make as much as you can, save as much as you can, but also give as much as you can. Some of you greedy people just heard, save as much, make as much, but you've got to bring them all together. Come on, they've they got to be in the tension. It's not just making all you can. Some of you know how to make money. Some of you are, are quite entrepreneurial, but you're as cheap as, as, as Job's turkey when it comes to giving to the Lord. I didn't know Job's turkey was cheap when it came to giving the law, but anyway. Eat your seed, sow your seed, store your seed. I close with this last illustration, just bringing this to conclusion. When we first started the church, we had nothing, literally. We had uh, very little people, uh, uh, the district of the Assemblies of God, the women's ministry bought all our chairs. We had little money. We, we could not afford a sound system. No resources. I was making a whopping $100 a week. Some of you are saying, wow, you're making that much. We started August 1989. 
This August will be our 35th anniversary. Put it on your calendar, August, what is it, 9 to 10 and 11. We're going to be getting out Save the Date cards for an anniversary celebration. But we started the church in August of 1989. Three months, September, October, three months later, November, we had a missions banquet. We did this to support missionaries. So what we did was we raised money from the congregation. We didn't have enough money for other things, but we believed that if we would raise money to support missionaries to take the gospel around the world, that God would meet our needs. We needed the money, but we sowed, I believe it was around $300 a month, and that was a lot of money back then. But you know what God began to do? God brought in someone or from another church, actually, who donated a $2,000 sound system. God just laid it on their heart. And then I, I could tell you many stories. One amazing story is I was ministering to a drug addict. Now, this drug addict was just trying to get free from drugs. I think he might have been doing heroin. It was really some bad stuff. And, and he was coming to the church and ministering to him. I'd go visit, in his hut, visit him, pray for him. One day he called me up. He said, Pastor, I want you to come and visit me. So I went to visit him. He handed me an envelope. I'm not sure exactly, but it was like $500. Now, what's really amazing, I have dealt with drug addicts and alcoholics over the years, and I've never had anyone in their addiction give money. That was a miracle. They're always looking to beg, to borrow, and to steal. This drug addict gave, said, I want to bless the work of God, gave me an envelope, and I looked in it, and it was a bunch of 20s. I didn't count it right then. I counted it later. Four to $500. That's a miracle. That's sowing seed and seeing God work. You see, God will be faithful. Our responsibility is not to grow weary. The truth of the matter is, you and I, we get weary, we get discouraged. But by God's grace, we can not give up. Can you stand together with me if the worship team would come back this morning? A warning and a promise. Some of us need a warning. Matter of fact, from time to time, we all need a warning. But you know what? We need the promise that says, do not be weary in well-doing. Many of you have been very very good at, at, at serving and doing the work of God and sowing good seed. Don't give up. Don't give up this morning. It's always too early to give up. It's always too early to quit. Do not quit. Do not give up. Keep sowing seed. Even if there's a season of transition, you turn around and you got a little harvest that you got to reap, God will give you grace to go through that. I said God will give you grace to grow, go through that, to plant new seeds and to come into a new season of harvest. You know, maybe for some of you this morning, it's not a season of harvest yet because you need to keep sowing. And you're waiting for a harvest, but God says, no, keep sowing. Keep sowing. How many of you know God keeps good records? How many of you know he owns a cattle on a thousand hills? How many of you know God can bless you in any number of ways? God used a drug addict to give, a, give the church four or $500. Why? To show us that you don't know how or where or when the money could come in. Sometimes we look at people and they think, oh, they can be my provider. God will shatter that image because he doesn't want you to trust in man. He wants you to trust in him. 
God, God caused the, the, the ravens to feed Elijah. Those are, those are birds that are, that are vultures, basically. But they, God used them to take food and drop it off. First Uber that we ever heard of. Uber Eats. Just for God to show that you can never, you can, you can never know when God or how God is going to do it. This morning, maybe some of you need to come forward. Maybe some of you need to kneel at an altar and say, God, God have mercy on me. I'm going to break up the fallow ground. I'm going to start sowing good seed. Or maybe some of you are saying, God, I'm weary. God, I've been doing my best and I'm waiting. I don't see the check in the mail. I don't see a Venmo uh, notification that somebody sent me money. But God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. God, I'm single and I've been believing you for a spouse. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. God, just keep being faithful. Just keep being faithful. Some of you are waiting for God to provide needs that only he could provide. Do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. As the musicians begin to sing and play, would you just move out of your seat, find a place. There'll be no official dismissal beyond this. But just begin to pray. Just begin to respond to God. Maybe it's in your seat. Maybe it's at the altar. But be encouraged today. God is faithful. God is good. He will reward. He will bring in the harvest. He said it. You can take it to the bank. It's true. God's word cannot fail. You will reap more than you sow. You will reap longer and more greater harvest than you could imagine. Would you receive the word of God today? Would you say a great big amen in your heart and in your spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I give you my life, I give you my trust, Jesus.